are again at a special Gavin Grow episode, our second episode of Speak Its Name. As you may recall, Speak Its Name came about as a response to events and protests of the last few months in relation to the police killings of black Americans, along with many other matters of systemic racism in our country and our history. What I've found through the work that I've been doing these last few years in doing Gavin Grow is that when we take the opportunity to let others tell us their stories, we make connections to them that might never otherwise have happened. Those connections help us to not only know them better, but to also see what we might not have seen before. So telling our stories shines a light for us, and that's nearly always a good thing to do. Light can enhance what's already beautiful, like a photographer who uses the light of sunset's golden hour to make the landscape look more stunning. But light can also find its way into dark corners, illuminating what we hadn't seen before or warning us of a danger that was hidden from us. I hope Speak Its Name does that. Please take a listen and look for the light that you can find in the stories that our guests tell us. Today, we are very fortunate to have with us two of our very busy student leaders. Um, the first guest is the president of your Student Government Association, and I'd like to welcome to the show, Anna Adabombo. Hi, Anna. Hello. <laughs> Joining Anna is the president of our Black Student Union, Harrison Tanido. So thanks for joining us, Harrison. Hey, guys. How are you doing today? I know you guys have both got a, a lot on your plates, and so I really appreciate your time, and I figure we'll just jump right into the discussion. Um, so over the summer, um, I right after the George Floyd incident, I was trying to think of things that, that I could do, that we could do on campus that might, you know, help to get some discussion going on about this this topic. And so this series kind of sp sprang up from that. And I had just come back from the march that I think both of you helped organize on campus. And one of the things that really struck me at that march was the the stories that people were sharing there. And I realized that that we often just don't have avenues that let people tell their own stories. And because we don't, we miss important opportunities to hear about life that other people are experiencing. So I wondered if you, you guys would both talk to me a little bit just about the events of last summer and how they impacted you and why it was important for you to work with folks and organize that march. Don't all jump in at once. <laughs> all right, so, um... I just felt like it was important because like the students on campus voices, like sometimes I feel like they might be silenced. Mm -hmm. like, they'll say like something's wrong and like the administrators will either try to cover it up, and, you know, but they don't like, you know, announce it to the whole school, like what the problem is, you know, like um, it's time for us to like feel really be heard. Mm -hmm. and, like, a lot of us gave speeches out. Right. We, we uh, called out President John Clark on multiple speeches. We called out many administrators. And I still feel like the only thing that's been done was the mascot change, which hasn't been changed yet. Yeah. And that's just a small portion of our problems, you know. It was like 
as soon as we had that march or as soon as people started calling out the school, mm-hmm. who wanted to bring something that we've been asking for for over like a long time. It's not just us who asked for a mascot change. Right. And we want more changes on campus. And that still hasn't been changed yet. So there's still stuff to work on all over the place. Yeah, not a lot of lot of follow up, I guess. Yeah. Yeah. Anna, how about you? Um, as for the mascot change, I do serve on the mascot advisory committee. Um, issues have just been attendance with scheduling. Now that the semester is in um, full force, it's just students have classes and faculty, you know, they work from nine to four. So it's, you know, that's when classes are. So, but we do, we did vote on a timeline this Monday to kind of just get us on track. Hopefully we'll see progress in December. Um, I don't want to promise anything in December, but um, just in case we have disruptions like the technical disruption of last week. um, Mm -hmm. But that's really it for mascot change. Hopefully we can start getting out there, organize a town hall to get students involved and just kind of establish our presence a little bit more. As for last summer, um, so Tommy Cherismi, he's a VP of SGA. He organized the march and he felt that it was very important. Um, I was, I definitely wanted to show like SGA support for that. So I was all for it. Um, How it impacted or how June, I guess, impacted. I think it got, I think the social media was probably the most prominent thing I saw was a general, you know, people who I think wouldn't even care about this issue were like posting, um, the blackout screen or like posting the, um, the link tree or the card for like different petitions. Mm -hmm. So I think there was a large wave of that and it's, and it wasn't just like Westcon. That was kind of something I saw, um, on the international level, like different countries were protesting, um, and it felt great to know, okay, like, this is not, I mean, I've known that this is an issue, but so many times it's like, oh, it's bad apple or, um, this person look at their criminal record and it's not, it's not taking the incident for what the incident was like, whatever context was not a factor in this. This was over a suspected counterfeit bill. Um, as for campus, I definitely appreciated the stories from alumni, and I feel mm-hmm. like that discon- not disconnect, but there's not there's no really opportunity for students to engage with alumni aside from the meet and greet, which is really right. professional. Some students are there just to win the raffle, so it's not <laughs> really to me it's forced, <laughs> not really yeah. like a natural connection. Um, let's see. I'm not sure what was the question again because <laughs> I don't want to. Uh, it was it was just about why you felt it was important for that march to take place, and I think you know just kind of following up on that. If I if I can ask you guys just on a more personal level, this summer was a big summer of events. You know, we had George Floyd, we had Breonna Taylor, we had Ahmed Armory, um, Arbery, and and plenty of other examples of systemic racism going on in our country. And so what was that like for you as, as students here and as students of, of color, um, 
What was it like for you when all of that was just kind of coming down and it, it exploded? Um, for the Ahmad Aubrey case, that one was like very disappointing because um, he passed away, I believe, in February. Mm-hmm. And it wasn't until like about two months later that the video was released that stuff was right. being done. So it's like we want you, we want like our government to to do stuff without us knowing the right thing. You know, we don't want a, you don't have to have a protest uh, outcry or just for them to do the right thing. And then. We get Breonna Taylor and George Floyd. Uh, start with George Floyd. It was over a $20 bill that yeah. allegedly was fake. We want to be able to go to court, you know. We don't want to die in the streets. And then for Breonna Taylor, you know, she's in the safety of her own home. And literally we asked for them to arrest the cops, to charge the cops, to convict the cops. And everything but that happened. So mm-hmm. it's like, you guys make, uh, like, I feel like, well, not you guys, but, like, the government right. makes um, new policies or, or uh, rules and regulations, and they literally do not get justice, justice that we've been asking for. They're saying they gave the family $12 million, and if you ask me, I don't think her life was worth $12 million. So, it's Yeah, it's kind of hard to, to just put it down to a dollar figure, you know, yeah. that, 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 going on. Yeah. Yeah. Anna, how about you? Um, I kind of saw, I, I remember seeing videos just of people walking in the street and then they're attacked and I, you know, I, I almost am like, why haven't I seen this? You know, this is stuff, um, you know, that happened. I think Elijah McClain is the word, or sorry, name of um, yeah. last August um, passed away. And I didn't hear about it until this summer. So mm-hmm. I just think, you know, people are so quick to be like, why didn't you just comply? And there's, they're, they're literally just going about their routine and they're not even given a chance. Yeah. So it's it's really I saw people describe it as traumatic and I I think that's the best way to describe it you know you're seeing people and it just hurts looking at it behind a screen you can't do anything you can't call for help because it already happened and it yeah. months later too yeah and there's something about that that timeline that really um, you know it's it feels then like things are just being you know, pushed away or brushed away and and it's just because somebody happens to hit the right you know tweet and get the information out there and that not knowing about it and then finding yet another case has to be you know just a little it I think it's traumatizing because you keep finding out more and more and more things have happened and things are going on with people you know how does it feel to you guys in terms of just being students? Um, and what does the campus feel like for you when we have incidents like that that have occurred? Not necessarily that something happened on campus, but just in general when the the you know general population is going on, does that feel any different to you as a student here? Um. So like with the 
George Floyd being the catalyst this year. Um, yeah, I would post frequently about it. A lot of students uh, were not of color and just telling me that they're here for me, basically. But they would say that, and then I would never hear from them again. Yeah. They wouldn't come to our events to support us. I don't see them reposting or resharing or tweeting anything about what's really going on. You know, I feel like everyone's timeline went back to like normal. Mm-hmm. I still see like I follow all the hashtags like hashtag Brianna Taylor, hashtag George Floyd, hashtag Black Lives Matter, just to so my feed I can see like what's really going on. I know what's mm-hmm. really going on. And um on campus, like the BSU used to be seen as like the bar the party club. Mm-hmm. And as president, I really wanted to change that. So like like this, like next week Tuesday, we have an event for domestic violence awareness. Mm-hmm. So like we want students to come out to things like that because we're not gonna you know throw like a sex talk like we used to do in the past. We want things to really change here on campus. So it's just like we want to see change. So in order for it, someone has to stand up and do it. So mm-hmm. that's what I'm trying to do here on campus. So how do you entice students to come to things like that? Because, you know, it's it's like I see in the halls, if you're trying to get somebody to come to a program about, you know, time management or something, it's not, they're not the kinds of things people flock to, you know? So how do you, how do you get people to come to something that's a little more challenging? Um, well, this is going to be our first real, like, hard uh, event. See, like, the and cons of what we did right and what we did wrong. Just try, like, to push people to come early next week because it's, it, I, it might be hard, but we're still going to try because just backing down and throwing a pink party every semester is not really, like, what we want to be seen as or throwing, you know, little small events. We want to throw important things that will help and benefit our communities. Yeah, can I can I ask you two both what's it like for you on a on a daily basis? How does how does racism play into your lives? Or does it? You know, I'm making an assumption, but um so like I'm a Uber Ease driver. Mm-hmm. And sometimes, like, when I drive in, like, nicer neighborhoods than where I live, like, you know, you have people just, like, you know, staring or just, like, wondering, like, oh, what is he doing here? Why is he walking up to the door? Like, I'm really just dropping off food and I'm leaving. So it's, like, simple things like that. Or it's, like, if I go into a, a Target, mm-hmm. it's, like, I, if I have my hood on, security would just, like, hey, like, you know, I, I, feel, I could feel them be alert. And it's, like... The awkward part is I don't work at this target, but I work at another one. So mm-hmm. so you can you can literally look at me all you want, but if I do something, it's just like you can track me easily. So it's like yeah. I'm not gonna do anything at no target. I'm not gonna do anything anywhere. So it's like if I can't shop, if I can't work in peace, sometimes it does get a little stressful. Yeah. Anna, have you had experiences that you know you've felt have been racist? Um, I feel like I probably have, but just didn't recognize it as racist or it's more so microaggressions or double standards. Um, 
one alumni who spoke at the event, Verne Snow, she experienced things through that. We were, on bo- we were both on SGA three years ago. Mm-hmm. Um, I quickly, like, I wasn't even close with her at the time. I was just really getting um, used to the organization. Yeah. And I was like, I don't like I was hearing things and, you know, remarks from other students, um, advisors were having meetings with her. She would have to ask three times to do something that somebody else would. All right, here you go. Like, it's all done. So that's really where I was like, okay, I know what this campus's true colors are like. Um, I do think it. I have a different experience being that I am lighter skinned. Mm-hmm. Um, I am mixed. So there is privilege from being half white and colorism. And I definitely saw that because when I would bring up things that Renee would want to bring up to Senate, um, Mm -hmm. I did see more, um, I don't want to say persuasion, but I did see, I did think that I got more support because it wasn't her. Um, I think myself being that, I'm both a woman and I'm black Mm -hmm. there and I'm not afraid to like say things as it is. It kind of, I definitely know that administration and some faculty do not take well to that. They want students to be um, amicable. um, Mm -hmm. And that's just, that's just not my style. I, I don't have time for office politics, um, especially during a pandemic. There's, there's student needs that need to be addressed. So I definitely do think that, you know, I have been tone policed. Um, I have been told I've been doing something wrong when I have it in writing, in recording that this was agreed to. Mm-hmm. Um, and I don't think this would happen to um, the previous two presidents that served before me. So then I guess the, you know, the bigger question becomes, what do we do about that? You know, I, I think sometimes people are, are afraid to talk about racism in the, the context of systemic racism. Um, and then there are people who are just hesitant to talk about it or do anything about it in general. So, you know, uh, so often I think we just, you know, put our hands over our ears and, you know, la, 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 because if we don't see it or we don't hear it, it's going to go away. Um but I find that there's power in in knowing something and power in calling it out, and and that gives you power to make things better. Um, I guess that's why I I am wanting to do this series. So you guys are are leaders of you know two of our probably most active and important organizations on campus, reflecting you know student voices. So. Are your organizations, are you working to change things here? I know, Anna, you talked about the the um, mascot change. So there's, you know, there's one issue, but um, are there other things that are going on within your organizations that are trying to point out this, this inequity or trying to, you know, work on how we make it better? Um, so, um like the BSU, like uh, I have a meeting with uh, the events, logistics and operations committee. Mm-hmm. I have a, um, another protest. Like we're going to have like the meeting or the march on campus. 
just because we feel like um a lot of students are like weren't on campus during the summer mm-hmm. but they live in the area. So like right now we're able to have them around and like yeah. And we just want to attack like people who are like in positions of power, like like even like it goes back to like uh in the real world like outside of Westcon, you have like President Trump who doesn't want to condone racism. Mm-hmm. Yeah. He literally did not want to follow social distancing guidelines. He didn't want to follow the mask. Then he re- he got COVID himself, and all of a sudden he's following those guidelines. It's like the same. He's the same guy who wanted um death sentences for the Central Park Five. He's the same guy who said when the looting starts, the shooting starts. So it's like people in position of power are like abusing it. And we need like really to take a stand. Yep. When's that March gonna be? Do you have a date yet? Um, we're either trying to do um October. Hey, sorry to interrupt. This is Pete. Uh the March got moved since the time of the recording. It's going to be this coming Friday, November sixth. Yeah. Yeah. Well we'll keep tuned to that. Mm-hmm. Anna, is SGA addressing these things? I, I, they got plenty on their plates, I know. But... <laughs> Um, So right now we're not doing anything specific to race just because there is a council being formed. Um, We are trying to get student representation on that council. Mm -hmm. So then any SGA concerns can go there. Um, I did propose, I think an equity issue was um, being able to vote on election day. So students having classes, I myself am booked from nine to eight. So I will be voting by mail. But I did propose to the university to cancel classes. Right. Um, Unfortunately, it did not go through Um, opinion. I I don't believe the reasons were not substantial. They are valid, but I don't feel that canceling class this one day is you know, people, it was like, people are going to be asking for refunds on their tuition. They don't feel like it's going to be, um, like they already missed out on their value and it's, it's one day, it's not weeks that I'm canceling, um, labs and clinicals. Um, I understood, um, there was, you know, some people have labs on a Tuesday. I did speak to, I reached out to the presidents of the nursing, the student nurses, Student Nurses Association, Biology Club, and Chemistry Club. Um, they don't, if they can't have off classes, they do think that accommodations should be made available. So I think addressing that equity issue um, is, I guess that's the one thing we can say. But right now we're just trying to kind of get ourselves operational and functioning. Yeah. And we're trying to just make sure clubs um, we are in the process of bringing clubs into their probationary period. Um, but I do think that advocating for and also supporting clubs that are doing the same thing. So it's mm-hmm. not like double the work is being done. We can just promote other clubs as programming is something that will help um, create a space and not just be like, oh, you have to come to SGA. Like um, people can go to different clubs. And I'm glad that you said the protest is coming up, Harrison, because I, I'm luckily I have Fridays off, so hopefully I'll be able to make it. So can I ask you guys how how would you or do you think your fellow students would like to be supported 
by, you know, people on campus and others who, you know, believe that that we need to make some changes. What kinds of things are you looking for in terms of support? Um, maybe like for the protests, we mm -hmm. can have like someone from every department just come and speak, you know, voice with how they feel. Because um, when we did, I think Anna and I did that another podcast during the summer. We uh, we got some emails from like departments, but you know, the emails are personalized to us. It's something that the whole campus should see. Mm -hmm. so, like, it'd be nice if like they sent those, like or at least came to the protest and just show their faces or at least, you know, say something just so, so we can see that they're with us and not against us. Yeah. I think a lot more could be done, especially with what came out at the June protest. Um, I myself said that um, the student didn't want to come forward so I kept it anonymous, but a student said that he got an F in a class and he, he had a suspicion it was because he was black and he, I was like, did you like make sure he was like, yeah, like I asked every single black man in the class and they got an F and I was like, are you sure before I say it? And he was, he was like, yeah, I'm sure. So I haven't heard anything about that. It's been, oh, I'm sorry, that's happened. But there's been no formal investigation of it. And it's just, to me, when everyone's like, oh, we support, it's do something about it. Yeah. Don't tell me you support. Like, I I mean, it's it's numb to me now. Yeah. Um, and then even better, the police department, when I said that they charged BSWA for security, it's... I was told that's false in another meeting. I, and I was interrupted while I was saying that that's false. That's not true. And I stopped the meeting. I was like, see what happens when people come out with their stories. This is how, this is the response. So that was, you know, apparently the money never went through or something like that, but I was in that finance meeting. That finance meeting was recorded. I have yeah. the email from which, that person was CC'd who was telling me that was false, um, for $520. I, you know, I have it in writing. So I think, I, I don't even know. Like, I, I just think the university needs to like actually do change. And mm -hmm. that's, that's why like th both those things are a dead end. It was never addressed because it's like, no, we didn't do anything wrong. And I think that's, um, something that people just in general don't like to admit they're wrong or they did something that they could have improved. Yeah. Um, and there's so many stories that I don't know. And I try to be like, come to our Senate meeting. And I think, especially with the pandemic, students just are right. trying to keep themselves above, um, you know, from drowning in work. Yeah. So I don't, I don't put that on them. Um, and I really think that faculty and administration have, the responsibility to, you know, it's not just diversity. I feel like they just host a diversity training and be like, we fixed racism. It's, you know, we're diverse, we're diverse. You know, they'll post a picture of black students on their social media and, you know, we're, ha we're all happy. It's, it's a great university here, come here. But, you know, if a student wants to do a great appeal, they can't because of some political reason or, um, they're tenured, so it's just, you know, it's not worth it to go forward, just retake the class. And it's just, it's sad how normalized and 
how common it is. Yeah, and I think that's one of the the difficulties in just any organization. Certainly, universities have a lot of policies and procedures and things, but it's 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 the same as businesses. It's the same as governments, and and sometimes they've developed over such a long period of time that people don't take that step back and look and say, is this something that's causing issues for this specific group of students and how can we make that better? And I think, you know, that's that's certainly one of the things that we'd like to see happen, I guess. It's just, you know, if we're pointing out that there's something that that seems to be impacting this group of students, can we, you know, stop and look at it without pointing fingers or blaming people, but just say, this is this is how it's being perceived by us. Can we do anything to make that better? And and that's should be easy enough to do, but you know, isn't always. It isn't always. Um, you know, I, I I guess the last question I have, because we'll we're rapidly running out of time, is what would you say to your fellow students um, who you know want to work on this, or that you would like to to work on this whole process of change with you? What are things that they can? can do when they, you know, maybe come up against a situation like this on campus or or how would you like to see them become involved so that that everyone is kind of working toward the goal here of getting rid of some of these things that are that are, you know, making it more difficult. Um, I would definitely just tell them to reach out to us if they don't know like what to do. Mhm. Mm there like from there on out we can all like if we're all together we can definitely figure out a way if they have a problem on campus for them to like just you know because sometimes they feel if they go to an administrator they'll be silenced and that way it doesn't always work so it's better if we have like numbers if it's multiple students that know the situation if it's just me or if it's just Anna we can find the, the right administrator to like let know so we can like actual change happens because sometimes you know like a student will cry out for help and either like the uh, professor would just send them to administrator to be silenced or something else will happen so it's just like in the power like it's more if we have more students together who come together we'll be better off so just reach out to one of us and we'll help we'll try our best to help you um, for myself, I I did reach out to BSWA, ACSA, and BSU through Instagram, and I'm trying to see if creating a Facebook group for Black students to just be in and also alumni, because I feel like there's no space to even um, put this conversation, because a lot of times people yeah. think, you know, is it me? Is this you know, is this just a one situation um, that, you know, it may not even, there's so many times where I've second guessed race, but then yeah. I've had someone to tell me, no, that's, that's happened to me too. And I know that that's, you know, I know that race is a factor because it's an inconsistent decision with what's happened with someone else. Yeah. So 
Um, for now, until that group, I don't know if Facebook is going to be the platform, but that's yeah. what I'm leaning towards. Um, I would say just reach out to myself, um, and Harrison and Susie. Um, we all happen to be on SGA. So, um, I think that that is the best, um, course of action right now, but also to give suggestions, um, as well, because we are all students and we're all trying to navigate, you know, our work and being student leaders. So, initiative is definitely something I encourage people to have. Yeah. Well, and I think you made an important point of people just not necessarily talking about it because you think it's only happening to you, maybe. And and it gets back to kind of what I was saying earlier is that it's it's not just it's just talking about the issues in general so that you know you're not the only person maybe experiencing it, or there seems to be a pattern of the experiences or things. So if people can more easily have these kinds of discussions that, you know, maybe you can identify areas that need work on too. So that's helpful. Yeah. I want to thank both of you, Anna and Harrison, for joining us on Gab and Grow today. I think it's, it's always a risk when you ask someone to tell these kind of personal stories out loud. And I'm certainly grateful. And I think the folks who listen to us, we are grateful too, because it's, it's very courageous of you to do that. Um, I know that we're going to try to feature more stories coming from students and others in the WestCon community um, as Speak Its Name continues throughout the year. So I hope that, that folks will tune back in because I really feel that if you can put a face and a name into action and when they're not anonymous people, but they're people that we know, you know, and people that we see every day that, that then you start to be able to put together that coalition that can help bring change about and make them, you know, permanent and lasting. So thank you both very much for being part of that with us here today. I appreciate it. Of course. Thank you for having us. Thank you. Yeah, likewise. Um, it's nice to be welcomed into a safe space where you can talk freely and not be interrupted um, or being, um, what's it called, undermined with, yeah. you know, some quick retort. So I appreciate um, the invite and always feel free. I'm, you know, unless I have class or some other commitment, I will do my best to um, be present and join any conversation. Great. Well, I do appreciate it again. Um, for our listeners, just know that there'll be more Speak Its Name and Gab and Grow uh, throughout the year. If you have any questions or you have suggestions on things you'd like to hear or people you'd like to hear from, you can always email me at griffinm at wcsu.edu. And how about that? Talk about the power of stories and personal experiences. We've seen two shining examples of that and of courage in our guests for today's episodes. You know, it is kind of easy to get caught up in the heat of a moment or an event. You know, the events that, that got us started with Speak Its Name. I look at it like being a Cleveland Browns fan, like they're finally pulling out a win in a hard-fought game and that diehard dog pound fans, they couldn't be more excited. But it's always a lot harder to stick with the Browns over the long haul because losing year after year is really agonizing. But like those Cleveland fans, 
at Gab and Grow and Speak Its Name, we're in it for the long haul because we believe the effort will be worth it. I hope you're starting to feel that way about Speak Its Name and will join us again in about a month when we ask for others to share their stories. And as we continue, we're perhaps going to shine that light, enhancing those beautiful areas and drawing attention to the dark corners so that we can clean them out and make them safe. Thanks for listening. Bye now. Gab and Grow is a production of WCSU Media, engineered by Peter Puccio and produced by Scott Volpe. Listen and subscribe on Spotify, Stitcher, SoundCloud, or anywhere you get your podcasts. And please rate and review us on Apple Podcasts. Follow us on Instagram at WCSU Media. And feel free to reach out to us by email at podcasts at wcsu.edu. Thanks for listening.